everybody, welcome back to the conclusion of our conversation about leadership credibility. I want to say to you, way to go. You made it all the way through. In fact, I've been waiting this whole time to use my handy dandy podcast board in front of me. So I'm going to give you a little applause. Put my hands together for everybody out there. Way to go. Perhaps we should also give a little um, that's to all of our friends who gave up along the way. They just couldn't hang, but you made it. And we're going to talk in this last episode about two practical ideas about how you can destroy your credibility as a leader. Now, to reframe our conversation, we've been talking about how credibility is one of the most important aspects of leadership. It takes decades to build it, days to destroy it. And our goal here with the Echo Leadership Podcast is to help you become the kind of leader that people on your team want to follow. Credibility is one of the most important characteristics that you can have that makes people want to follow you. It's the whole package. It's your character. It's your capacity. It's the words you use. And today we're going to look at two specific things that leaders do that diminish their credibility. So number seven, if you're taking notes, and again, this is all on echo.church slash leadership podcast. You can go there, download these notes and use them for conversation with your team. Number seven is to expect more out of your team than you expect of yourself. Expect more out of the people around you than you're expecting of yourself. Sam Chan, one of my mentors from afar, has written a fantastic book on leadership. It's called Leadership Pain. And he has a quote. He says, you'll only grow to the threshold of your pain. One of the things that I've noticed that happens for leaders, and I've dealt with this myself, that you experience pain in leadership. And eventually you get to a point where you're like, man, I just don't, I'm, I've had a lot of pain and I'm kind of sick of having to sacrifice all the time. And what can happen is we can sacrifice up until a point as leaders and then begin to expect the people around us to sacrifice to a degree that we're not willing to anymore. There are some leaders who are at a season of life where they're just not giving as much energy. They're not giving as much time. And I understand that as the decades continue on, leadership looks different. And for somebody who's in their 60s and 70s, the season of life is entirely different than the 30s and 40s and 50s. But I do believe that there is a part of leadership, the sacrifice component of leadership that we never get past. In fact, if you're not sacrificing you're not leading. I mean, you can be a consultant without sacrificing. No, no knock on consultants, but I just, I think that leadership at its core involves a tremendous amount of sacrifice. For me, I think the greatest leader who's ever existed is Jesus. And Jesus, he specifically labeled his leadership style. He called himself a shepherd and he said, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's saying, I'm going to sacrifice myself so that you can have joy, so that you can have peace, so that you can be a person who lives the life I've created you to live. And that's a massive component of leadership. Leaders who are expecting more out of others than themselves lose credibility over time. In fact, I wonder for you, what sacrifice have you been unwilling to accept or unwilling to endure? Maybe there's a decision that you've not wanted to make, a conversation that you've not wanted to have, a certain amount of money that you've not wanted to give away. I find this interesting even often how sometimes leaders, pastors will ask people in their church to give sacrificially with their finances, but not 
do that themselves and they lose credibility over time. If I'm inflicting on others sacrifice that I'm unwilling to endure personally, I'm losing credibility as a leader. Now, as the organization grows and size changes and we scale, sacrifice does look different. And a part of sacrifice is figuring out what my lane is as a leader. So my lane is I create content, I lead the executive team, I contribute to the vision of our church, the future, charting the course for the future. I want to figure out my lane and kill it and go 110% in my lane. And when people on our team see me killing it in my lane, it's going to inspire them to give their best in their lane. But it, it's, a, it's a big difference between being unwilling and unable. You know, some leaders are not just unable to do certain aspects of the organization, they're unwilling to. Whenever I get to a place where I'm unwilling to sacrifice, I'm losing leadership. If you're not sacrificing, you're not leading. So I want to ask you, are you calling people to sacrifice that you're unwilling to endure? Let's become the kind of leaders that lead the way personally with a commitment to the vision and being willing to sacrifice for the sake of the mission to lay down our lives so that others benefit. That's idea number seven. Number eight, the last one. And I think I've, uh, this might be the most important one. I said on the front end of this, that credibility is a great opportunity to multiply your leadership. And it's also a great opportunity to destroy all the credibility that you've built over time. And number eight, the easy way to destroy your credibility is when it gets hard, go and hide. Have you, have you noticed that? Like some leaders, when it gets hard, they, they, they don't want to be the one that makes decisions. They don't want to be the one with the microphone. And I, I get that when the pressure is on, it's hard. There's been so many moments when we got to say something and I have no idea what to say. I don't know what the future looks like. I, I, don't, I don't know what decision I need to make. And then I got to stand in front of a group of people on a camera and say things, or I've got to produce content without knowing the future. At the same time, in the midst of uncertainty, I can still monitor my countenance. Your countenance under pressure is creating culture. So when there is crisis, when there's difficult times, a leader needs to be present. When, when there's a storm, the captain of the ship needs to be on the ship. There are times where people want to leave because it's hard. If you're the pilot, when you hit a storm, you should be in the cockpit, not in the back, you know, drinking with the flight attendants. You should be in the cockpit, flying the plane, taking care of the people that are on the plane. In March, when... This whole thing hit early March 2020. Stacy and I were in Hawaii on a four-day getaway. We were monitoring the situation. It wasn't really bad when we left, but it was growing exponentially while we were there. And on the plane home, I just pulled my journal out and I wrote down what, what I do in the next month will define my leadership for the next decade. I, I intuitively sensed how I responded to this crisis would define for decades to come, how people would follow me and follow our team and follow our organization. And I, I want to I be there when the pressure's on as a leader. I don't want to retreat. I want to step into the place, the position, the authority that has been given to me and lead well under pressure. Some leaders cave under pressure. Other leaders, they respond under crisis. Some of the phrases that have been 
so helpful for me in my thinking. I was, I'm saying things to myself like this. I'm writing them in a journal in the morning. I was made for times like this. I was, I was built for seasons like this. This season, here's another one. This season is going to define my leadership, our leadership for decades to come. We're going to be way better as a team and an organization because of what we're going through. Just saying that in a group environment, I'm, I'm stepping into the crisis. I'm going to keep getting better. There have been times in this where there were skills I didn't have, and I just kept saying to myself, I'm going to keep improving. I don't know how to... I don't know how to operate this equipment. I don't know how to, nobody's in my house to help me. I don't have assistant or a team around me, but I'm going to keep getting better. Um, another thing we said, we're going to keep loving our team well. We're going to stay on our mission. All these little phrases have helped us respond to the pr- pressure. When it gets hard, true leadership emerges. When there's a crisis, the real leader shows up. And I want it to be me. I, I want to lead in crisis and gain credibility with our team. It's, it's been amazing to me throughout the last 17 years of marriage and watching even in my own household when Stacy and I have gone through so many different crisis seasons as a family from miscarriage to challenges with our children to you know things that we've walked through in, in, in our church, difficult times. And when those challenging times hit, it always causes me to re-engage in my marriage. It always causes me to re-engage. And there's always a decision moment. Am I going to leave because it's hard? Am I going to be apathetic because it's difficult? Or am I going to step in to the place of leadership? Am I going to step forward, re-up my commitment to this marriage, re-up my commitment to this organization, re-up my commitment to leadership and adding value to other people? Real leaders, true leaders, the kind of leaders that gain credibility over time, they're the kind of people that show up when it's hard. I love this Woody Allen quote. You've probably heard it before. 80% of success is just showing up. And I want to encourage you as a leader. So much of your leadership is showing up and getting more out of yourself than others are trying to get out of you. That's what we're going to talk about next month, that we oftentimes are thinking somebody else is going to pull it out of me. No, 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 no. There's, there's, there's nobody out there that they're assuming responsibility to help you become all that God's created you to be. Now, there are coaches and there are people that come alongside and help and mentor you. But at the end of the day, there's a responsibility to say, you know what? I'm going to push myself. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm going to get better. We're going to talk about that. How do you get more out of yourself as a leader? But as we wrap up our time today, in conclusion, I want to encourage you to really lean into this credibility conversation. To take some time, take 30 minutes, pull out a journal, write down some thoughts, apply it to your life, talk about it with your team, go online, rate it, review it, leave some comments there. Let's spread the word to help other people get better as leaders. This conversation has been so important for us as a team to really focus on our credibility. And I want to encourage you that as you grow in your character, as you grow in your integrity, everything around you is going to change. And over time, people are going to want to follow you, not just for short stints because you you have charisma, but they're going to want to follow you for decades because you're a leader worth following. I hope that our time together has helped you as a leader become the kind of leader that the people on your team want to follow. Thank you so much for joining us for this great conversation about leadership credibility. I look forward to being back with you next month. 
as we start a new conversation about how to get more out of yourself as a leader.